guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of Arsenio's ESL Podcast. And today is the first of its kind. It is the second in the season, which is season one. I else speaking a very, very long task. Now, given the constraints and whatnot, given the atmosphere, there weren't that many people on at the time. But again, it doesn't stop me from doing my thing, which I normally do. I could have died. I could have Oh my god, I hate saying dwelve or delve. I could have gone much further into each segment, but then it would have ended up being about an hour and a 15-minute podcast. And I'm like, oh no, I don't think anyone's going to like that. So I decided to just keep it at this. Lots of useful content. Lots of great things that you can take notes down with. Um, Some stance markers, depending on when you guys hear this. Versus when you hear the amazing, um, what is it, uh, exam, what is it, exam success, which I'm going to be debuting that series with Anne, who uh, ended up getting a 7 in her speaking IELTS. Um, you guys are going to hear that probably before this, but again, this is a nice follow-up for you to think way outside the box, and I answered these questions from my perspective in terms of learning Japanese when I was in college, Spanish, and even still learning Thai out here in Thailand. So, with that being said, guys, let's get into this. Guys, welcome back to another ESL podcast or another live, depending on how you guys are listening to this. If it's on YouTube, if it's on Facebook, but of course, my target audience are my folks on Facebook. Thank you so much for tuning in to another one of these. This is the first of its kind in regards to the speaking aspect of the IELTS, okay? Today's a full lesson. It's going to be between 45 to about 50 minutes. I'm getting the use of this program by the name of StreamYard, and I think I'm starting to understand how I can post comments and make things even more interactive than they were this past Monday. So first and foremost, before I get going, I need to hurry up and make sure I share to my main Facebook page. And everywhere else, so everyone is aware of where I am. And hey, for the lack of better term, or you know what, I'm just lost right now. So here we go. Let's get into this. There's a big storm coming out here in Bangkok. I'm really excited about that. But I'm even more excited about what I'm going to be sharing with you today. So guys, in saying that, let's get right into this. So again, it was such a massive, uh, a massive success this past Monday. And so I just want to say thank you to everyone who uh, tuned in to Monday's episode. And you guys are probably wondering, like, okay, well, I'm ready for the next episode uh, for writing. Well, remember, that's every Monday. So today is going to be the speaking, okay? Speaking, speaking, speaking. I got my Blue Yeti microphone. I'm all set up. I just need to make sure that I'm – there we go. Okay, that's better. (sighs) So, guys, as you saw in the title, we're going to be speaking about – languages and communication today. All right. So with that being said, let me just make sure I pull this up and I hope it's actually, I hope you guys can actually see it and whatnot. But um, for those of you listening to me on the podcast, again, you guys could check this out on YouTube. So make sure that you, oh my God, I remember this was so confusing last time. And okay. All right. So yeah. Screen sharing was canceled. Of course, this is really weird. So let's do this again. Uh, My entire screen. Sure. This one. Here we go. All right. So there it is. All right. So what you guys are seeing right now 
oh my God, it's a whole lot of crazy. Let's just put it that way. So what I'm going to have to do is put this up like this and make sure I can go something like this and then I can tune into the comments a little bit later. Oh, as a matter of fact, I remember how I did this last time. I tuned into the comments on my phone. So here we go. What I'm going to be doing here, going to have to make sure that this audio is all the way down so that I'm actually listening to you guys. So here we go. All right, guys, not necessarily listening to you, but okay. What we're going to speak about today is a wide range of things. These are some really good part one questions, but we need to understand how you can begin answering some of these questions. Because again, and if you answer them very literally, it's going to be, uh, you know, the examiner probably won't pay attention because this is how people mainly answer these types of questions, right? So I can only tell you from my experience and being out, you, you know, living out here in Thailand for a long time that people have a tendency of, of answering things very, very, very basic, right? So my goal is to put or to help you put some spice into it, okay? That's right. A little bit of spice, very in your vocabulary and answering it differently. There's a very good podcast that I'm going to share shortly after this that I did earlier today. Uh, and I brought on one of the nurses that ended up improving a half band in just an hour of coaching with me. And she talked about a number of different things. And this is going to be very, very good for you. So nonetheless, in A, we have A through E. This is what we're going to discuss. So today's lesson, we're going to talk about some things that you would just uh, let's just say you it could be some kind of university interview, a master's interview, an interview at work. It could be whatever. But these are some really good basic questions that I'm actually going to ask uh, answer also. And then again, what we have are different. Um, we're going to be completing opinions with some of these words in the box, as you see. So I'll discuss that a little bit later. And then we could start um, again. This is really good in terms of adding in vocabulary and developing vocabulary for specific areas that you didn't always have, okay? And then after that, we're going to talk about, you know, strong agreement, cautious agreement, cautious disagreement, strong disagreement. And these are ways that you can open up your part threes, okay? So again, if you guys are interested in this document, which I know you are, what we're going to do is we're going to, uh, or I'm going to send that to you. So make sure you get in contact with me so that I can send it to you shortly after. So in saying that, let me just make sure I think everything's good right now. Okay, I just have one view. Okay, all right. So what we have here, A, how long have you been learning English? Okay, now a very basic answer, you would retort with the same tense. Oh, I've been learning English for about dot, 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 dot. Okay. I'm going to give you another basic answer to another basic question. What for you is the most difficult thing about learning English? All right. So again, the most difficult aspect of it, think about all the different aspects and the syntax and the phonology of English. We're talking about grammar, the pronunciation, the speaking with foreigners, again, you know, developing that confidence in terms of speaking the English or speaking English in general. Um, 
you know, writing. You see what I mean? So again, what's the most difficult thing about learning English? You could pick one of those areas or, you know, or you could even go even more outside the box by saying, oh, you know, the most difficult part about learning English has to be the fact that I have to, um, you know, I have to apply it to certain situations that I'm not confident in dealing with. You see what I mean? They give a short example for another sentence. Boom. So don't worry. I'll go back to A coming soon. C, have you learned any other foreign languages apart from English? How important is it to learn a foreign language? And what is the most effective way to learn a language? So before I tackle all of those, those are your questions. So if you want a task on, you, you know, to do on your own, you guys can practically pick out some of these questions and do free writing tasks. All right. So those are tasks that you could just whip out a journal. Okay. Whip out, meaning take out a journal, pencil and paper to pen and write down as many ideas and anything that comes to mind and just continue writing for about 10 to 15 minutes. Get your thoughts out on paper, as I've said in the previous podcast this past Monday. All right. So how long have you been learning English? Now you don't have to retort the same tense out loud, okay? You don't have to say, I've been learning English for about 10 years, okay? Now, you could pinpoint a specific event when you began learning English. You could tell a story, a slight story. It could only be, it could be two to three sentences. It's not that much, right? But you could say, okay, well, probably about second grade is the time I remember that I began learning English in the basics such as A, B, C, D, and one, two, three in my second grade class. See, that's a little different, right? That's not the basic, oh, I've been learning English for three years, okay? So me, it would be probably a little bit longer. So let's switch this up. Arsenio, how long have you been learning Thai? Well, to be honest, uh, when I first moved here to Thailand, I pretty much stayed away from learning Thai because I was afraid of being, you know, made a mock, uh, made a mockery of. But I would have to say a year to two years after that, which has been for maybe about five to six years, is when I started officially learning Thai. See what I mean? I gave you a little background, okay? Why is it I didn't start learning Thai right off the back? And when did I exactly start learning Thai? You guys get what I'm saying? Are you following me here? So, again, going into what is the most difficult thing about learning English, pick it out. Now, pick it out meaning figure it out. Because if I revert this and I ask myself, okay, the two languages, okay, three languages I probably learned throughout my lifetime. Let's start with Thai first. The most difficult part about learning Thai is definitely the reading aspect of it. Because there are just too many curves and circles and lines and things that it would take such a long time to learn as opposed to learning the basic A, B, C, D, E. There you go. So what's the most difficult part uh, for me in regards to learning Spanish? Well, back in high school, the most difficult part was having the passion to learn it. Because I it was actually stuffed down my throat instead of actually living the language. So when I had to go to Spanish one and Spanish two honors, 
because I was in honors class doesn't necessarily mean I knew the language. I actually didn't like the language because I was studying it rather than living it. See? So it depends on the aspect, what aspect of the language I'm actually trying to immerse myself in. Now, Japanese, it would almost be the same thing. I was actually learning Japanese for a grade rather than the sake of learning Japanese. This was a very, oh, I guess this is what set me back a lot because, again, I was learning this in college from a Japanese, again, a professor right out of Japan. And she was saying, test, 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 test. We weren't doing, like, you know, uh, you know, face-to-face interaction. We weren't conversing with each other for about 30 minutes. She wasn't walking around class. The things that I employ in my own lesson, she did not do. Therefore, I didn't have that passion anymore. I dropped out of the class two months in. So, again, you already know that story. But in regards to the language Japanese have to be, hiragana is okay. But when it comes to katakana, katakana and especially kanji, that is extremely difficult because there are just far too many difficulties to memorize. That's the most difficult aspect of learning Japanese. So you guys are understanding how I would answer this question from a foreigner's perspective. Those are the three languages that I've learned. Okay. There are some times that I could possibly uh, pick up some Korean or I could pick up a little Vietnamese over here. Uh, Bahasa is not too bad. Uh, I could pick that up. Uh, Italian's actually pretty easy once you understand a couple of things, but there you go. All right. So have you learned any other four? Yes, I've learned other languages. Uh, of course, I just given you the three languages, but ask yourself, have you learned any other languages apart from English? Now, for a lot of you out there, I'm sure you have. For a lot of my Thai students, they would say, no, I haven't learned any other languages. That's not a good answer. Okay, you could say, and even if you have to make it up, do it. I learned Chinese for about a couple of months, but I realized I didn't like it so much. So I just stuck to learning English. There you go. That's a different answer. That's completely different from what people would say. So again, I know a lot of you out there. Okay, now I know a lot of my Filipinos out there. You guys speak Spanish. My mother understands Tagalog just a bit because she is Spanish speaking, being native to Puerto Rico. Right. So say, well, because you give a little background. And this is what some of my students have done who have scored eight to eight and a half in speaking. They say, well, because the Spanish, okay, the conquistadores uh, colonized the Philippines, dot, 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 dot. Our language has a a heavy influence or, uh, or I'm sorry, Spanish has heavily influenced our native language, which is Tagalog. Now, there are different dialects too, okay? There's Ilocano, there's Tagalog, there's this, there's that. I'm sure there are plentiful of them, just as there is in Bahasa. Bahasa, there's one main language, but because there are over 21,000 islands in Indonesia, every island has its own language. That's very difficult. Same thing happens out there in Kenya. There are far too many tribes with far too many of their own different languages. All right? So, Again, getting back into this, how important is it to learn a foreign language? All right, just making sure no one's tuning in. All right, we're good. How important is it to learn a foreign language? Now, this is very good. You can actually score very high if you know 
the importance of it. Now, I know a lot of you out there do understand the importance of it. Um, again, knowing English in a world that's pretty much dominated by English, except, of course, for Chinese and whatnot. But let's look at it from the Indian aspect, right? If Indians only speak Punjabi and a couple of other dialects, and this job says English speakers only, they're not going to be able to get that job, right? It's kind of like in America. It's almost like I'm almost, uh, you know, it almost feels like I'm not even in America anymore because a lot of the job descriptions, they require Spanish speakers. Now, there are some basic phrases. Uh, donde, uh, what is it? Adonde duele? Or where does it hurt? Uh, all these other things. It's pretty, eh, it's all right. But again, I can't take a full description in regards to me being a dental assistant nine years ago in Spanish. Therefore, I didn't get a lot of jobs in the eastern side of Las Vegas because that was heavily dominated by a lot of Mexicans. However, if I go to the southern part, the central or the western part of Las Vegas, I can get a job. Why? Because there weren't that many Mexicans around there. See what I mean? So the importance of knowing a language such as Spanish could have enabled me to get more, have better job opportunities, which is something you would possibly include. Okay, so think about it. Knowing English, what do what does that open up for you? What does it really open up for you? The opportunities. Okay, now it's kind of like. Uh, you know, some of the people who have tuned in, like Ren. So Ren, she understands that if she scores high in IELTS, which is an English-based test, the importance of it defies like, okay, do I stay here or do I go to America? That's how, that's the significance of the importance of the language, you see? Now, if you say how important is Mandarin, uh, not really, because again, unless this becomes a completely Chinese-dominated world, right? What about Punjabi? Too many dialects. What about Bangladesh? Too many dialects. Okay, Indonesia, half a million people. Too many dialects, right? But English, there is one. Now, there are some really bad dialects. No offense to my folks in Liverpool and Newcastle. You guys barely can speak any English. It's terrible out there. All right, I'm just keeping it real up in here. You know what I'm saying. But nonetheless, there you have it. Why is English? I'm giving you a perspective, a completely different perspective uh, from what I have learned throughout my life. All you have to do is revert it to you. And I hope you're actually taking notes during this because as you are taking notes, you're going to be like, oh, okay, I'm starting to understand. You know what? Don't answer it just so basic, right? Put some fire into it. Think of it Tackle the questions outside the box. Now, again, if you guys are interested in that amazing podcast, I'm going to be sharing it on both of my pages. Uh, probably going to write an early blog about it, too. So make sure you stay tuned to that. Uh, stay tuned to that and listen to the amount of golden nuggets that wonderful Anne has put in there. And she just achieved her seven ban in speaking. So moving into E, what is the most effective way to learn? a language what's the most effective way to learn a language so think about it it's easy for me right it's easy for me if i i can only tell you from my perspective and what you're gonna have to do is think of it from my perspective and do it in 
you have to speak to the examiner in English. So we know Netflix is here. Netflix has been a magnificent tool for a lot of people out here in Thailand because they get the three representations, the three learning areas, right? So they get the visual, they get to read, they get the audio, right? They don't get to speaking, but they can speak if they want to. So again, this is very, very important because if you get all of those representation re- representational systems, you'll be good because me, I'm more of an audio. So I love podcasts. I could, you know, put on the video sometime, but I'm more of an auditory type of person. Are you a reader? Think about the best way you learn, right? So, but we're thinking about this in a generality. So what is the most effective way to learn a language? Well, you're in Thailand. I live in Thailand. Well, Arsenio, you can't read Thai. I don't need to. Oh, but I don't need to drive anywhere. Okay, there are some instances where I wish I had read or I wish I could read a little bit of Thai, but that was probably maybe twice over the past seven and a half years. Okay, now in Spanish, yes, it's very, very important. Vietnamese, it's also very important because I've been there a couple of times. And Vietnamese, they have the same language. It's just they have an immense amount of different accent marks, right? So me, I live in Thailand. I don't need to take formal classes. For what? For what? All I have to do is mimic what they say, right? Now, if you say Arsenio, now let's say if you start learning Japanese, what's the most effective way to learn it? Well, what I would do personally I would wake up in the morning, I would write maybe about four sentences in hiragana. I would include kanakana each day as it goes on. I would do a lot of different, um, well, I wouldn't say memorization, but I would learn kanji little by little. But I know the most important aspect of learning a language is conversation. So the best way to learn it is to speak with someone or to watch Netflix to put the subtitles in possibly Japanese and to speak it out loud. Watch it over and over and over until I write things down. Write it down while I'm speaking. Okay, oh, what is it? Um, One of the words that I picked up and I said it exactly the way this guy was saying it. He's actually a restaurant owner in the movie Midnight Diner. I'm sorry, the series. It's a three-part series on Netflix called Midnight Diner. And he would always say, ayo, ayo. And I'm like, oh my God, it's stuck in my head now. Because when you hear it so many times, it sticks. That means, sure. Sumimasen, excuse me. Right? I already knew those phrases from college. It's not difficult. It just depends how often you use it. So to be honest with you, I would create a podcast for learning Japanese. Like, okay, today's the first day I'm learning Japanese. We're going to do this. And again, I don't know who would listen to it. But it would be the, the the listeners would be a byproduct. It would be me. It would be for me, kind of like my first podcast. So you would have to use it. Again, do I require, you know, writing to learn a language right off the back? No, but I think the listening and the speaking aspect obviously are the most important parts. Because if you go abroad to Italy and I say, hola, and they're like, oh, uh, no habla espanol. Like, oh, my God. So how do you say it in, in Italian? You see what I mean? You're not going to be able to hurry up and refer. And you can't carry Google around with you all the damn time. We don't have these little technology pieces hanging right over our shoulder where we could just 
translate and they'll speak to you. Not yet, not for at least 50 years. And it defeats the purpose, right? So the most effective way, targeting the listening and conversation, you would have to put that together in a structure. That's from my personal opinion, right? Now, no one else has commented right now. So I would love to hear some responses. So let me know, guys, what is the most effective way? Because I know a lot of you and a lot of you who will watch this or listen to this, you're probably living abroad. There was a Chinese guy that uh, contacted me through LinkedIn. And I was like, hey, man, thanks so much for uh, linking up with me. How do you know about me? He's like, oh, your podcast. I said, oh, my God, China. Yes, yes. And I was like, and so what do you like about it? He's like, well, I'm learning Spanish. I use your techniques and your podcast to learn Spanish. And he has a translation service from Mandarin to Spanish. Come on, guys. He already knows English. Do you see the gates of opportunity that's opening up for him? See what I mean? You guys, are you picking up what I'm putting down? Because what I'm putting down are a bunch of golden nuggets. So me, again, to sum this up, conversation, listening. That's the most important way. All right. So Netflix, taking down notes, reciting things out loud, mirror exercises, et cetera, et cetera. Do not focus on the grammar, the writing, or any of those things after, unless it is vital. Unless you're living in the likes of Pakistan, or you're living somewhere else where English is not its native tongue, such as Japan, boy, before you go there, you need to make sure that you are ready to go with the AI and all that good stuff. Because if not, you're going to lose. You're going to have to just go up to people. They will be so kindly to show you. But again, just know some of the basics. Just the basics. So, and saying that, people, here we go. Complete the opinions, A through J, with the words from the box. For those of you listening to me on my ESL podcast, the words, 10 words, are common, dead, minority, nonverb. I think it should say nonverbal. Pretty sure it says nonverbal. Yeah, pretty sure it's supposed to say nonverbal, I think, because I've never heard of a nonverb. So let's put nonverbal. All right, face-to-face, official, first, second, cross-cultural, written. We have A, B, C, D, F, G, H, I, a J. All right? 10 for 10. And A, it says blank languages will die out unless people make an effort to protect them. All right? Again, I'll say that again. Space languages will die out unless people make an effort to protect them. We need a compound noun there, okay? Now, if we look at what kind of languages will die out, we'll look at the, I think it's called the Comeyer, the Comeyer, which is basically you folding up your knuckle and, and people would communicate that way. So somebody at the top of a hill could go, boo, 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 and they would communicate with the person all the way down there. Very important, right? So what does that mean? Well, if you look at the minority languages out there, Scottish, uh, I'm sorry, Gaelic, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the Irish, the, all this quiet, there are thousands of native languages out there. And if you do not make an effort to learn these languages or at least teach the future generations, it might be, it might die out. So that's your A. Your B, if English is your mm, language, you will have greater opportunities in life. So if English is your what? Your first language or your official language? 
Now, can you have a first language or official language? You guys can write the answer in the comment section. But again, if we look at English as a whole, will you have greater opportunities in life? Well, it depends, man. It's all subjective. But I honestly believe it. Okay, now, again, here in Thailand, there the prime ministers, different people do not speak a word of English. But because there are a lot of things at play that I am not going to discuss in this podcast, they are rich. Maybe they are successful in their own terms, right? But again, does it give them more opportunities to communicate? No, he can't communicate with anyone. So what's the purpose? You know, if you look at uh, Xi Jinping, the Chinese prime minister, can he speak in English? I don't know. How about the the former, the now former uh, prime minister of Japan? Can he speak in English? I don't know. How about the Mexican president? I don't know his name. Can he speak in English? I don't know. Bolsonaro of Brazil, can he speak English? Highly doubt it. So if we look at all these people, hell, America, they barely speak English. Uh, the, 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 The head of the state. So um, I don't know what he says half the time. So again, will you have greater opportunities in life? Guys, I mean, what was I watching just yesterday or today? It was something about some African nation. I forgot which one it was. Oh, I forgot. I'm not sure if it was Uganda or another one. But again, this specific African nation, it was it was pretty much like, hey, if you have the ability to speak English, you can go to school, right? There were uh, little girls in the foothills in the Amazon uh, out there way deep inside these jungles in Peru. And they said, man, if I learn English, or even if they can get an education, they will have greater opportunities in life. But just imagine if they can learn English, they'll definitely have a higher salary. So you guys have to keep that mentality and never give up on it, you know? Uh, big shout out to my Filipinos because you guys speak Tagalog, you speak English, and a lot of you have learned Arabic because you live in Abu Dhabi and Dubai. That's spectacular. You know, I know people from Yemen who moved to Denmark and now they're speaking Danish. I'm like, dude, bravo. So you got three languages under your belt. Now, would I learn Danish while I'm living out here in Thailand? No, because of course I'm probably never going to go to, well, I would love to go to Denmark, but I'm probably never going to go in the near, well, I wouldn't say never go, but I probably won't go in the near future. But again, is that going to be a dominated language? No. But if you look at a future aspect of it, or well, this is probably one of the key questions I'm going to be asking you coming up real soon. Um, will I think about learning Spanish in the future? Yes. So again, going back to you and your substance, your overall body of work of answering this question, you will have greater opportunities in life. Give me two reasons why. Well, okay, this and this, and give me examples for both. That's how you structure it. So again, open it up, opening it up with different stances. Well, this could all be subjective, but from my personal opinion, I mean, I truly believe that if it wasn't for learning this, and you see what I mean? I'm using, I'm using a range of different complex structures to answer this, all right? So again, I completely lost my train of thought, but you guys could fill that in. Again, ask me for the document. I'll be more than happy to send it to you guys. Thank you so much for the likes. Again, guys, if you have any questions or you want to answer any of these, make sure that you, uh, yeah, you just answer. 
Uh, yeah, you just answer down below in the comment section. So again, you guys could look over these. You could put these into different sections. But for those of you who are listening to my podcast, what we have, we have different ways that you could open up statements. So I'm not sure I agree with that or I agree up to a point. I'm sure that's not right. Personally, I'd say the opposite. I agree to some extent. Now, what you guys are going to hear on the podcast I just recorded today with Anne is, you know, she would say, oh, you know, this is a real good question considering what's happening right now. You see what I mean? So you're not using any of these. You're creating something. So there was a question and I'm going to have to do. um, Well, actually, it's actually on the podcast. So you guys could just listen to that. So make sure you tune into my Facebook page if you are already attuned into my Facebook page. If you're listening to this on Spotify and and you haven't liked any of my other pages, shame on you because you're missing out on some exclusive content that you get on those platforms. Okay. So she said that they asked you, uh, they asked her something about learning virtually. And she was like, you know what, To, to be honest, this is very timely considering what's happening around the world right now. This is a very timely question. You see what I mean? So you don't always have to use the basic phrases such as, I'm not so sure about that. That's so true. You could create something like that. So if someone were to ask me, Arsenia, do you think virtual teaching is here to, uh, virtual teaching and virtual learning is here to stay? I would say, well, considering what's happening around the world and how people are going to grow accustomed to the the features that Zoom has and the and the options to record and do a lot of different things, I would absolutely agree with that. And let me give you a couple of reasons. One, da, 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 da. two, you see what I mean? I didn't just open up with the, yes, I agree. To hell with that, all right? Give it some flair. Give it some you is what I'm trying to say. So in saying that, here we go. I got some real good discussion questions here. Do you agree or disagree with the opinions? All right. Do you agree or disagree with some of these opinions that I'm getting ready to share with you? So we're going to do this for the last about 10 to 15 minutes, and then that's going to be it. So number one, there are plenty of examples in history which show that this is not true. And it is often neighboring states who speak the same or similar languages who end up at war. However, I do think that a shared language can help strengthen ties in some cases. All right. So what's the question? Oh, well, do you think, um, I don't know, do you think that, you know, the neighboring countries that speak the same language would never go to war with each other? It's like, no, well, if you look at history, uh, America and England, they went to war with each other, although they weren't neighboring, but that's just an example. I'm not exactly sure if America and Canada had gone to war with each other. Uh, but considering, you know, what he had just said, um, neighboring states who speak the same languages, they end up at war. I mean, this is a lot about what's happening around everywhere in the world. This is the Wanda genocide back in 95, 96, right? Uh, spoke the same language. They were of different tribes because you're from this tribe. We're going to kill you. So he has a great, great, great substantial opinion to back that up. And then he says, I do think that a shared language can help strengthen ties. So if you think about it, think about the relations right now 
in the world. America, English. China, Mandarin. How are the ties? Okay. America, English. Brazil, Portuguese. How are the ties? America, English. North Korea, Korean. How are the ties? America, English. Russia, Russian. How are the ties? America, English. Iran, Arabic. How are the ties? Just saying. That could make it a very supporting argument depending on how you take that conversation. All right? So, again, it's all about giving those supporting details. Don't ever forget that. All right? Now, the next one. Number two, if you can speak the same language, cultural differences can cause significant misunderstandings between people and could lead to a total breakdown in communication. So again, same language, cultural differences though. Significant misunderstandings, total breakdown in communication. Do you agree or do you disagree? You could write your answers again in the comment section. Again, I think of only uh, probably about three to four of you have tuned in so far, but thank you so much, guys. Um, so think about it. Same language. Cultural differences, though. So if we look at the cultural differences, well, you got to explain what culture is. America, we don't really have a culture, right? There is colorism out there, obviously. So if you're from here and you have old-fashioned parents, they might not say, date, don't date those guys. Don't date those women because they're that color. They're of a different pigment, okay? Do not go around those types of people. This is all, obviously, prejudice, right? But if we look at cultural differences, do you think anyone from mainly China would marry someone from Hong Kong or Taiwan? cultural differences, right? I don't know anything about the past. I took history a very long time ago. But again, there are significant, like there's big dividers in between the countries, right? But again, would they do that? And if they do end up, okay, I'm Taiwanese. Okay, I'm, you know, native Chinese from mainland China. We're getting married. Do you think that their cultural differences could lead to total miscommunication or, or breakdown in general? How would you back that up? Do you agree with the statement? Do you disagree with the statement? This is going to be something that you guys can come back to me. And as a matter of fact, what I'm going to put on here is if anyone is interested, I will be doing a live speaking again next week, but I would like to feature some of these lessons with people. So if you want one of you or two of you, I can have up to five of you. But it's going to be live. So if you guys want to include your name in the live session in regards to answering these types of questions, let me know. All right. But remember, it's going to have your face and it's going to be live. So if you're willing to take that challenge, come on into my office. All right. <sighs> There's lots of good stuff on here. So this last one that I'm going to give you. You can tell. Far more about how someone is a feeling from how he communicates than from what he actually says. Ooh, what does that mean? Okay, so again, how someone's feeling 
how they communicate, what they actually say. Well, how they communicate. How can someone communicate? How can someone communicate? Now, can they speak with a very undertone? Or could they be very excited? Or could they be very bossy? Could they be very sarcastic? Can they be like a prick? Right? It depends what tone they have. So you can tell far more about how someone is feeling, how they communicate. Meaning you could say, hey, can you please give me that? Or you could say, hey, could you please give me that? How are they feeling? They're feeling a little bit agitated, uh, possibly. But what they actually say, that's, again, it's all based on the words. It's just how you communicate the message. So, again, I think this is very, very important for a lot of non-native English speakers out there because depending on how you communicate can mean all the difference in the world between having a great conversation or having a complete fallout. So remember that, people. It's how you communicate it, okay? It's not necessarily how you say it, right? But it's how you communicate it, right? So it's kind of like the situation. I'm going to top off this podcast with this. The situation that had happened uh, over the past couple of weeks, someone told me, hey, Arsenio, well, there are teachers who got this, the students that got this, I could just ask the teachers to teach here. Because how she communicated, the way I saw her say that, and then not only her actions that came afterward, but the way she said it, I said, oh, I'm done. I don't want to be around people like you anymore. Because it's how she said it. She could have reworded that completely. But because ego, because of a lot of different things, it's how she said it that made me realize, you know what? She's been that person for a very long time. Arsenio, no more short, no more short changing yourself. Go big. And so again, this is why I love spoken form rather than written form. Because again, written, we could take words out of context. Or is it the words that were taken out of context or the communication? So these are all things to consider, people. So again, would you agree or disagree with that? Give me two reasons. And for every last one of these questions in one through 10, you would give me reasons four. So in saying that, guys, not too many people on today uh, as opposed to the other week. It's all good. But again, if you guys are interested in this specific text box, or I'm sorry, the document that I have here, I'll be more than happy to send it to you. For those of you listening to me on the podcast, it should be available on the blog. So again, know that this is available. Just want to say thank you so much to Oil, Ren, Boss, and Feline. Thank you so much for tuning in. And again, if you guys like this, share it. And if you shared it, that means you liked it. That means you're going to get a resounding thank you from me. And if you guys have any questions or if you want to join me in that live session next week, you make sure you inbox me. So in saying that, guys, thanks so much for tuning in to another or the first of its very own live IELTS live coaching. Monday is the second part of the writing. So you make sure you tune in for that. And I'll see you then. Over and out.